Good morning. Uh, today's verse is from Luke 15, 11 through 32. To illustrate the point further, Jesus told them the story. A man had two sons. The younger son told his father, I want to share of you, your estate now before you die. So his father agreed to divide his wealth between his sons. A few days later, this younger son, the, this younger son packed all his belongings and moved to a distant land. And there he wasted all his money in wild living. About the time his money ran out, a great famine swept over the land, and he began, began to starve. He, persuade, he persuaded a local farmer to hire him, and the man sent him into the fields to feed the pigs. The young man became so hungry that even the pods he was feeding the pigs looked good to him, but no one gave him anything. When he finally came to his senses, he said to himself, At home, even the hired servants have food enough to spare, and here I am dying of hunger. I will go home to my father and say, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you, and I am no longer worthy of being called your son. Please take me on, the, on as a hired servant. So he returned home to his father, and while he was still a long way off, his father saw him coming. Filled with love and compassion, he ran to his son, embraced him, and kissed him. His son said to him, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you, and I am no longer worthy of being called your son. But his father said to the, to the servants, Quick, bring the finest robe in the house and put it on him. Get a ring for his finger and sandals for his feet, and kill the calf we have been fattening. We must celebrate with a feast. For this son of mine was dead, and now he has returned to life. He was lost, but now he is found. So the, the party began. Meanwhile, the older son was, was in the fields working. When he returned home, he heard music and dancing in the house, and he asked one of the servants what was going on. Your brother is back, he was told, and your father has killed the, fat, the fattened calf. We are celebrating because of, the, of his safe return. The older brother was angry and wouldn't go in. His father came out and begged him, but he replied, All these years I have slaved for you and never once refused to do a single thing you told me to. And in all the time that you never gave me even one young goat for a feast with my friends. Yet when his son of, when this son of yours comes back after squandering your money and on prostitutes, you celebrate by killing the fattened calf. His father said to him, Look, dear son, you have always stayed by me, and everything I have is yours. We had to celebrate this happy day, for your brother was dead and has come back to life. He was lost, but now he is found. Amen. We've been in a series called What a Character, looking at the lesser-known characters in the Bible for the lessons for us within their stories. Some of them have given us good behavior and characteristics to follow. Like Abigail, who was the peacemaker, Uriah, who was faithful and loyal, or Benaiah, the one with all the courage, or Jethro, who gave us a model of friendship. But there are others in Scripture who have given us examples of how not to behave as well. Like Balaam, who flirted with temptation instead of running away from it. And today's character falls into the category also of one that we shouldn't follow the example of the elder son in the prodigal son story. 
Now, the story of the prodigal son is very familiar to us. Even for people not familiar with Christianity, they've most likely heard the story of the prodigal son, the one who ran away and then came back. We can relate to him, the prodigal son. You know, we know the heartache of making mistakes. We know the heartache of taking a wrong path and wanting to be welcomed back home. So we can relate to the younger son on some level. The father we can relate to as a parent of a wayward child that's making bad choices, that's making bad decisions, and we're praying and praying and praying for that child to come back. But the elder son, not so much, not the same way. We think, well, he has a right to be angry. Look at he was working. He was working in the fields. He stayed home. He was with dad when that other one left. Right? But you see, these sons are not just brothers because they share the same father. They're brothers in character as well. They're both self-seekers, concerned with pleasing themselves, concerned with gaining their own ends rather than with pleasing their fathers. We might even say that the older brother is more hopeless because he's less conscious of his need than his younger brother. He has no sense of his need at all. He believes that after all his hard work, he should be the object of congratulations. He should be the object of entitlement for the things he wants. He's been in the field. That's the best place for him to stay clean. He experienced a lot of benefits in that field, though. But he also never experienced life in the distant land the same way the younger brother did. He had no scars. He had no mars from years of wasteful living. You see, the elder son remained decent. He remained commendable by worldly standards. He toiled in the field. And by toiling, that implies effort, strenuous effort, effort that the younger brother wasn't putting out. The younger brother was just wasting his substance on wild and riotous living. But in our text, Jesus has no good word for the older brother. No good word at all. Despite his clean living. You see, working in the field was was his duty. That was where he was meant to be. Christ longs for every one of us to be a worker. Bring in his harvest. You see, the elder son was not condemned for his work. What he was condemned for was his bad attitude and the poor spirit in which he did his work. That's why there was no good word for the elder son. In one commentary I read this week, they aptly called the older son a religious drudge. You see, drudgery is not so much about the work we do, but the attitude or spirit in which the job is performed. We can make drudgery out of singing a praise song, or we can make poetry out of scrubbing a floor. 
It depends on our attitude. See, when we do our work with the spirit of loveless slavery, it's drudgery no matter how grand the task may appear. And the flip side is when we do any task in the spirit of love, it's infused with the abiding beauty of our Lord, no matter how ugly or menial that task may seem. Any task done for the Lord in the spirit of his love will be flooded with the radiant light that shines from his face. A heart that loves and cares, a heart that's motivated by love, will bring music and poetry and beauty to any task that we ever have to do. But there was no such love. There was no such motivation that was entering into the work of this older son. Well, how do we know that? Listen to his words to his dad in verse 29. All these years, I've slaved for you. Slaved for you. That's his dad. All these years, I've slaved for you. He doesn't say all these years, I have loved you. Or all these years, I've been honored to be your son. Or all these years, I've looked up to you. I've adored you, Dad. The older son might as well have said, all these years, I've been your indentured servant. And then the elder son, he keeps digging his hole. He follows up with, I never once refused to do a single thing you told me to do. He's missed the whole point of the father-son relationship. You see, his father doesn't want just obedience to him. He wanted his love. The elder son is so lost, he doesn't even realize that the father simply wants to be in a relationship with him. But he was so busy working for the father that he had grown distant from the father. So distant, he could no longer see the love of his father. The love of the father does not enter the heart of this older brother. He didn't even care about his younger brother. He didn't love his wandering younger brother. And he was equally destitute in his love for his father. What does John tell us about love? In 1 John 4, whoever claims to love God, yet hates his brother or sister, is a liar. For whoever does not love their brother and sister whom they have seen cannot love God whom they have not seen. And he has given us this command, anyone who loves God must also love their brother and sister. You see, the measure of our love for God is what we are willing to do for others. It's impossible to love God and then at the same time fail to love our brothers and sisters. Can't do it. That's the word of God telling us that. 
Now, since the older son had no love for his younger brother, there was no pain in seeing him leave. The fact that the younger brother was starving among pigs didn't worry the older brother at all. His father cared. His father grieved. The father's heart was broken. Even though the father may have shed tears over the younger son, and the father's heart was grieved over the lost and wandering son, it didn't seem to matter at all to the older brother. Since he didn't share in the grief with his dad over the younger brother, he also didn't share in the father's watchfulness for him. You see, the older brother had no part in longing for his younger brother's return. Dad was looking out toward the distant land. Day after day, looking out. Always loving, always yearning for that younger brother to come around the corner. Until on that one day, while he was still a long way off, his father saw him coming, filled with love and compassion. He ran to his son, embraced him, and kissed him. The older son didn't see any of it. In verse 25, it says, Meanwhile, the older son was in the fields working. When he returned home, he heard music and dancing in the house. And he asked one of the servants what was going on. Your brother is back, he was told. And your father has killed a fattened calf. We're celebrating because of his safe return. The older brother didn't see his younger brother come back because he wasn't looking for him. He wasn't yearning. He wasn't expecting him because he didn't care. He even refused to meet with him when he got home. The older son never grieved over his lost brother. He never watched longingly for his brother's return. Do we understand? Are you getting the picture here yet? The older brother did not grieve for his younger brother. He was not looking for him because he did not love his father enough. He couldn't look for his lost brother. The prodigal son's return brought no joy to this older brother. In fact, it brought him pain. Verse 28 says, the older brother was angry and wouldn't go in. His father came out and begged him. Why anger? The younger brother had done him no harm. So why was he angry? His anger was out of envy. Envy is an age-old sin. See, the older brother was so envious, he had no joy. 
You see, the music that he heard playing was discord because it wasn't being played in his honor. The feast that was going on was unpalatable because it was not prepared for him. In his envy, anything that was honoring another was dishonoring him. Envy was the cause of the first crime in Scripture. It was envy that murdered Abel. It was envy that sold Joseph into slavery. It was envy that caused Saul to want to kill David. It was envy that placed a crown of thorns on our Savior's head. It was envy that nailed our Savior to the cross. Mark tells us in chapter 15, Pilate, Pilate answered them, saying, Do you want me to release for you the king of the Jews? For he was aware that the chief priests had handed him over because of envy. Envy is a child of hate. It has no connection with love whatsoever. We never envy those we love. Paul tells us that in 1 Corinthians. Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. You see, envy comes out of a distorted value of self. When we put our value in what we do, instead of who we are before our Heavenly Father, we compare ourselves to others in, an, in order to achieve that sense of significance that we're looking for. Then it leads to a sense of superiority. And then we begin to look at others with a magnifying glass to highlight their faults and flaws, inflating them to make ourselves feel better. And this is where envy takes hold. Look at what the elder son says about his younger brother in verse 30. Yet when this son of yours comes back after squandering your money on prostitutes, nowhere in the story does Jesus mention prostitutes. We're told that he lived a wild life. That means it was undisciplined. It was rebellious and uncontrolled, but there was no word about prostitutes. You see, the elder son is exaggerating his brother's sinfulness. You see, envy causes us to brighten our own appearance by darkening someone else's. So as a result, in this puffed-up righteousness, the elder brother believes that he's owed something from the father because of the work he did for the father. He doesn't even realize that just like his younger brother, he too loved the father for only what the father could give him. In verse 29, this is what the elder son says to dad. And in all that time, you never gave me even one young goat for a feast with my friends. Entitlement? If, like the older son, we believe that God should give us good things and bless us for our obedience and the good things that we do in his name, 
then Jesus might be your helper. He might be your example. But he isn't your savior. If we believe we deserve blessings from God based upon the things that we do for him, then we're trying to be our own savior. And when we try to be our own savior, we squander the time and the opportunities that God gives us. Look at the experience of this elder son. He didn't leave. He stayed with the father. We would naturally expect to hear a wonderful story of blessed fellowship with dad. We would expect to hear stories of precious time spent together, getting to know one another. But that's not what happened. Listen again to the words that this elder son uses to describe this squandered opportunity he had. All these years, I've slaved for you. Never once refused to do a single thing you told me to do. And in all that time, you never gave me even one young goat. An appropriate paraphrase might go something like this. I've been serving my father five years, ten years, twenty years, and it's meant absolutely nothing to me but hard work, hard labor. There have been no glad moments along the way, no refreshing, encouraging, or shining moments to speak of. It's all been dull, drab, gray, I've lived in my father's house, not as a son, but as a slave. Everything is drudgery for the elder son. He's completely missed everything that makes sonship beautiful and worthwhile. And then the father sums it up real nicely. His father says to him, look Dear son, you have always stayed by me, and pay attention, everything I have is yours. So often in our Christian walk, we forget the love of God that is for us, the never-ending, all-pursuing love of God. You know, by worldly standards, God's love for us is foolish, it's reckless. But it's this love that we take for granted when we squander our time away on our own pursuits instead of experiencing fellowship with him. Is there anything more tragic than being spiritually poor? When the Father is there, everything I have is yours. He wants you to be spiritually rich. Or weak when he desires that we be strong. When we are defeated and overcome by such drudgery, when he desires for us to be conquerors, everything that he has is ours. But these things only come from fellowship with him. That is the desire of our Father's heart. 
to be in companionship, to be in relationship with us. He promises to be with us always. He longs to be with us in our joys and in our sorrows. And it's this reckless, relentless, overwhelming love of God that the world needs to know about. But are we walking with the Lord close enough that the world sees his reflection in us? Because mirrors will give us a reflection, but only if we're in front of it. So how can we reflect our Father to the world if we're not standing before him at all times and at all moments? We can't. Are we experiencing the Lord in such a way that we can represent his mercy and his kindness to the world? That's what the elder son was missing. He was missing a relationship with the father. You see, just as the younger prodigal son squandered the father's gift to him, so did the elder son squander what the father laid out for him. Everything I have is yours. He squandered it. He wasted it. The elder son squandered the love of his father. He squandered all that the father had for him. And it left him loveless. It left him hopeless. Just like his brother who sat in the sty with the pigs. But the elder brother didn't recognize it. Some Christians go to church week after week, living within reach of the bread of life, but never tasting it. Some live with the sound of the water of life in their ears, but they never stoop to drink it. This should break our hearts like it breaks our Lord's. What would have happened if the younger brother, the prodigal son, had come home and met the older brother first? He would have left. He would not have felt welcomed. And he never would have gotten to see the extravagant love that his father had for him. Do we grieve like our heavenly father over those that are lost? Are we so motivated by our love for Jesus that we grieve over lost souls and look with watchfulness and longing, yearning for our brothers and sisters to come home? Or do we go about our lives looking right past the lost because we don't share in the Father's love for them? And we're so focused on the doing. Oh, I just have to do this. I have to do this. I'm slaving for my Father in heaven. We live in a world of hurting people. That's a certainty. Every heart has been broken in some way. Every one of us needs to be greeted by the love and mercy of a perfect God who runs to us and embraces us despite our filth. You know, the father embraced his younger son before the younger son even confessed 
his sins to him. In the parable of the prodigal son, we have a father who celebrates the return of his son with love, with mercy, which draws him towards repentance. We also have an older son who is smug in his righteousness. He's critical, he's negative, and he's loveless in his attitude. That has the power to drive people away back onto the path of hopelessness and destruction. I heard a story this week about a young man. It was a church that he grew up in. And he came out and he had told them he was gay. And they responded like an elder brother. You know what they told this young man? They said, you cannot come here anymore. We do not want you in this church anymore. And so he left. And now he doesn't want to step foot in another church. That's the elder son attitude. Lord, strike us down if we ever take on the attitude of the elder son. Lord, help us to reflect your glory, your love, and your mercy. May we never strike down one of your children. May we never get in the way of someone coming to find you, Lord. Church, we have to continue striving to be watchful for the younger brothers. They're longing to come home. May we continue to experience and enjoy the fellowship we have with our Heavenly Father so that we don't squander the opportunities before us. May we continue to love in ways that matter, to show mercy and compassion on every one of those that longs to come home to the Father. Heavenly Father, I pray that your word this morning, I pray that it cuts our hearts right down to the core. It should make us uncomfortable, Lord. It should change us. It should get us to look inside and see who are we before you, Lord. Are our attitudes of that of the elder brother? Our attitudes that of the younger brother coming before you in our dirt and in our filth. May we remember our own stuff. So when we look out, yearning and longing for our lost brothers and sisters to come home, Father, that we remember where we were when you found us. Knock down any air of superiority or morality that we carry like a, a battle piece. Father, break our hearts for the things that break yours. Draw us closer, Father, so we can reflect you properly, that we can shine your light 
and share your reckless love to the world. May we never get in the way of someone who wants to come home. In Jesus' holy and precious name, amen.